Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Welcome to Podcast One. We hope you'll support our sponsors who bring you these podcasts absolutely free and with limited interruptions. And of course, we appreciate you listening to this show, which will get started in just a second. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his news-making interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. here with you and it is time for another edition of the Eddie Trunk Podcast which is new every Thursday podcast1.com and iTunes thank you so much for downloading streaming listening and connecting with the show around the world wherever you do it however you do it again grab it every Thursday those new episodes podcast1.com and iTunes and we got a podcast for you this week that is well to say it was newsworthy would be an understatement you may have heard it, you may have seen it, you may have heard about it, A an exclusive interview that I did with former KISS guitarist Vinnie Vincent, which happened a week ago this past Friday. This past Friday, this, this took place. And I'll give you some bonus content and some insights here before we get into it, in case you did hear the interview already, and a little bit of the backstory. Because Vinnie Vincent is a guy that was, for a very brief time, a member of KISS. He was really only an official member of the band for one album and one tour, if you think about it. He played on the Creatures of the Night album and wrote songs on it, which is widely regarded, and rightfully so, in, as among the top KISS albums of all time, even though the album commercially and the tour for it were a huge disappointment in sales. It's really important to keep in perspective. A lot of people do not do that. Unless you lived in that time, you do not know how rock bottom Kiss were, no pun intended, in their career at that time. So Vinnie Vincent was very much looked at as a savior in Kiss because he contributed songs, even by Gene and Paul's own admission, that were incredibly important to the band's career. He joined the band at a tough time because he's replacing or was replacing an incredibly loved figure that of course being Ace Frehley Vinnie Vincent was the second ever replacement member in Kiss of course Eric Carr had already replaced Peter Chris. and 
the problems were numerous in the sense that, and I've said this many times, if you look at the history of KISS, and I am a KISS fan, but I am an objective, real KISS fan in terms of looking at all sides of things, KISS, maybe more so than any other bands, has done a lot of smoke and mirrors and a lot of misdirection with what they've put out there. Meaning that the Creatures of the Night album features Ace Frehley on the cover. Ace Frehley is not part of the record. The promotion for the tour for that album, Ace Frehley was part of it, but he was already out the door. He had no intention of playing the shows. When Vinnie Vincent was announced as the guitar player in KISS, at the time, KISS fans were told that Ace was coming back and Vinnie was only filling in. So it really was a difficult transition. Rightfully, and my big problem with KISS these days is the newer members or the replacement members don't have their own identities. With Vinny, he had his own identity. He's the sixth KISS member and last to ever wear makeup and his own makeup design, that of the Ankh Warrior. But, I mean, he, he was dealt a pretty tough hand trying to replace Ace, new character, horrendous time for Kiss. No matter who was in the band, they would have been at rock bottom. But somehow, against all odds, they make this incredible record. He is not credited for playing on the record. He is credited as a songwriter on the record under his real name of Vincent Cusano. So he creates this great record with the band, ends up doing the entire Creatures of the Night tour because Ace clearly was not coming back and never did come back at that time. And then transitions into the Lick It Up album, the one album in Kiss history where Vinnie Vincent is pictured on the cover, credited as a player, and credited as a writer. Lick It Up was a huge record for Kiss, not just because they took their makeup off, but because it was their first gold album in a very long time at that point. And a huge, significant move for them to have created that record, driven predominantly by the song Lick It Up, which was co-written by Vinnie Vincent. So Vinny played a very instrumental role in sort of resuscitating the band. But there were tempers and there were issues and there was drama and there was ego. Vinny very much wanted to play more and be more of a shredder. I would see shows on that Lick It Up tour where Paul Stanley would literally yell at him on stage for playing too much. And it was a weird time for Kiss. They were trying to find their own way without wearing, you know, not wearing makeup for the first time and all that. So the tensions rose to the point that Vinnie Vincent was dismissed from Kiss after the Lick It Up tour, replaced by an even bigger shredder, the late Mark St. John, who didn't even make it for a tour for Kiss uh, because he had this hand condition and whatever was going on there. And for a long time in many years, Gene and Paul would badmouth Vinnie Vincent when it was brought up. They always acknowledged his talent but always talked about what a damaged guy he was and how many issues he had and on and on and on. And it didn't help that he would often sue them for money and sue them for publishing and sue them for control of the songs he contributed to the band, which he did not win. The The count that I had heard just recently was something like 20 lawsuits between him and Kiss. So needless to say, that's not going to make for a kumbaya sort of moment, if you know what I mean. Vinnie Vincent would go on to form the Vinnie Vincent Invasion. During this weekend at the Atlanta Kiss Expo, where I did the interview you're about to hear, Vinny said, and I thought this was pretty interesting because I never thought of it like this, that the first three songs he had written after the Lick It Up tour ended was Back on the Streets, Boys Are Gonna Rock, Shoot You Full of Love, all three of which 
ended up making it onto Vinnie Vincent Invasion's debut album. Vinnie's point at the expo was those songs would have actually been Kiss songs on the next Kiss album. And he said, imagine how great that would have sounded. And he's right. Never thought of it like that. I never knew that. Vinnie Vincent claims that while he was playing in Kiss at that time of the Lick It Up period, he was only being paid $500 a week and was going broke. And Kiss was trying to get him to sign a longer-term contract, which he would refuse to sign, and that led to his dismissal from the band. He also claims that then, well, not claims, but this is what happened. Chrysalis Records offers him his own record deal, and he does the Vinnie Vincent Invasion, initially with Robert Fleischman, Mark Slaughter, Dana Strum. I'm sorry, Robert Fleischman, Bobby Rock, Dana Strum. Mark Slaughter then comes in, lip syncs to the videos of vocals sung from the first record, and then becomes the lead singer of the band on their second record, All Systems Go. After a couple albums, Vinnie Vincent Invasion implodes. Mark and Dana go on to form Slaughter and have a great, great deal of success. Vinnie Vincent, for the most part, disappears. few things here and there. Before the interview you're about to hear, the last known sighting and hearing from of Vinnie Vincent was in 1995, 22 years ago. 23 years ago. And I don't need to tell you, if you follow this stuff, the incredible amount of stories, some true, some not, about Vinnie Vincent. From dead dogs in his yard to an abusive relationship with his wife, to a change into being a woman. The man has literally been a recluse, the Howard Hughes of rock, if you will, for over 20 years. I tried to reach out to get Vinnie Vincent on my radio show and do an interview with him probably six or seven years ago. I had his contact uh, contact for his lawyer, And we had a conversation and nothing materialized. And then I was approached by a guy by the name of Derek Christopher, who was putting on a Kiss Expo in Atlanta. And that's the expo that took place this past Saturday. And Derek asked me to be a speaker at the expo. And I told him it would be great if I could get this interview with Vinnie Vincent. He talked to Vinnie. Vinnie agreed to do the interview. Nobody knew leading into this past weekend if Vinnie Vincent would actually show up, would follow through with his commitments to do the expo, or to do my interview. Well, he did all of the above. I don't know Vinnie. I interviewed him for the invasion. I met him around the time he was in Kiss for Lick It Up. But nobody knows Vinnie because nobody has seen or heard from him, as I said, in over 20 years. And it was interesting that he chose a setting in a venue like this as his return to public life and to being seen and being heard and talking and telling his story for the first time in decades. This mystery of Vinnie Vincent has been so big. Two years ago, Rolling Stone did a whole piece on it. I was approached by Vice News about them covering Vinnie Vincent's return to public life. And I had no idea what I was going into or what was going to happen going to the Atlanta Kiss Expo. And I can tell you that 
what happened was I was in, I got there on Thursday night. This interview happened on my daily show on Sirius XM on volume channel 106. And I was in the room and Vinny was supposed to start. There was a, a private VIP Q and a that was happening on Friday just for VIPs. That room was right next to the room I was set in with my broadcast equipment to do the interview. Vinny was late because he lives in the Nashville area and had driven to Atlanta and hit some traffic. So everything got pushed back a little bit. My concern was that my show on volume ends at 4 p.m. Eastern time, and I was concerned that it was getting around 3, 3.15. My show was going to end and Vinny had not come on yet. I was only told and only promised 20 to 30 minutes to begin with for this interview because he had other obligations to the convention and to the people who had paid to meet him and get signatures and photos. But Vinny Vincent showed up at around 3.30 Eastern time with about a half an hour left to go in my show. And what you are about to hear is the best I could do in the time that I had. Now, I'll tell you, I've gotten many, many very positive comments about this interview, which I greatly, greatly appreciate. But the one thing I regret is that I did not have more time because I wish I could have had more time to talk to him and really dig into things. I just listened to this interview back myself, and it's it was fine for what it was, but there's so many things that he says that I'd love to follow up on. But again, I knew the clock was ticking and I wanted to touch on as many big issues as I could in the time that I had. So Vinny really enjoyed talking to me. We talked about doing a full length, real two hour interview and really digging into this stuff. And I'm truly hoping that that can happen at some point. But what you are about to hear on this week's Eddie Trunk podcast is about 25 minutes of the first interview ever in over 22 years with the reclusive Vinnie Vincent. And there's some real interesting stuff in these 22 minutes, and I can only hope we get a chance to dig more into it. So that's what we have for you this week. I want to thank Derek Christopher, who put this together. And I want to thank Vinny and his attorney, Mark. And I also want to give a huge thanks to the approximately 1,000 KISS fans that I met at the Atlanta KISS Expo, about half of them of which I took photos and signed stuff and hung out with. And it was uh, amazing spending that weekend with you. And I did a speaking thing there. I saw Bob Kulik. I had dinner with Ron Keel. I want to thank Kirk Gooch, who brought me dinner and had a great night out with him, and Jeff Sues, who wrote a great Kiss book, Kiss Alive Forever. So really, really great time overall at the Atlanta Kiss Expo. But obviously, scoring this interview was massive. It made world news in the rock community and continues to do so. Now, after Vinny did the interview you're about to hear, which, was again, was the first time anybody had seen him or heard from him, he then went in, did the VIP Q&A, and then Saturday, signed all day and did the public Q&A. So he did a lot more. And those interviews, if you've seen them on video or heard them, those were conducted by Derek Christopher, who ran the convention. 
The only time I spent with Vinnie Vincent at all was over the 24 minutes or so of interview you're about to hear. I did not see him the rest of the weekend. I did not talk to him the rest of the weekend. I didn't have the opportunity. He was clearly very busy, as was I. So again, I hope to get the opportunity to do more with him down the line, but I did not on this occasion get to do any. People have asked me to talk to him privately. Did you see him at all? I did not. I can tell you in the interview you're about to hear, he makes the comment of calling Paul Stanley mean Mr. Mustard, which is hysterical. And he comments, he commented on that when he did his Q&A because he already knew that was becoming a thing. And he said he was talking about Paul Stanley and calling him that from the perspective of the time he was in the band. The one thing that's very clear in the interview you're about to hear is Vinny is like in a mode where he's kind of like making it as if he's cool with everybody and wants to be cool with everybody. Although, I seriously, I mean, he's got, there's serious issues. Paul Stanley won't even talk about Vinny Vincent. So I, I don't think that's, mean Mr. Mustard has any interest in anything with Vinny. But the real revelation in this was that Gene Simmons, who a month ago slammed Vinny in a, in a statement, Vinny reveals he e- Gene has emailed him about doing stuff with him for this vault he's trying to sell. So I guess with Gene, if you're trying to sell a, an album that the, the cheapest version of it is about two grand, you're going to go and call anybody and try to make the peace with anybody. And Vinny said in the Nashville vault one, he'll go and sit with Gene at it. I'm telling you, we are in bizarro land if you're a Kiss fan. Ace Frehley playing on a Kiss cruise. (laughs) Vinny Vincent, after 22 years, coming up out of the sand, and Gene slams him a month ago, and now he's going to go appear at a vault-selling party? (laughs) It's insane. You could not make this stuff up. It really is amazing. So there's a lot to chew on in this, and I, you'll hear I ask Vinny, I mean, now that he's done this, does this mean he will come out and do more things? I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it's, he's going to feel coming off of the weekend if he will be motivated to do that. And let me address the elephant in the room, if you will, and that is Vinny Vincent's appearance, which was largely discussed on the online community. Surprisingly, barely discussed by fans at the actual expo. But online, as soon as the photos hit, my photo of me and him being the first to hit, and the first time anybody had seen him, the chatter started online. Much of it very harsh. Many people ask me, what is Vinnie Vincent's story? Is he transitioning into being a woman? I cannot answer that question. I cannot make assumptions. I won't make assumptions. It was an issue that never came up during the entire KISS Expo. And I can tell you, not only did it not come up in the hours of public Q&A that Vinnie did, but it never even came up much among people talking in the room that attended where it has been a huge issue is online, as you would suspect. And as I said, much of it, very harsh. I do not know what Vinnie Vincent's situation is. Clearly Vinnie Vincent was wearing clothing and makeup. That would be very reminiscent and very similar to what a woman would wear. 
That being said, he never said he wasn't Vinny Vincent. He never said his name wasn't Vinny. He never talked about or said to anybody that he should not be addressed as Vinny Vincent or he was no longer that person. So until he does that, if that is indeed the road he is headed down, we have no choice but to accept him as Vinny Vincent, the former guitar player from Kiss. That's who he was. That's how he signed his autographs. That's how he represented himself at the, at the expo. If I would have had more time with him, I'm sure I could have gone down that road. But it was not the time and place with the amount of time that I had and the important things to talk about with a guy that hadn't been seen or heard from in 22 years. But obviously, it's a point of discussion. Obviously, Vinnie Vincent has to know doing his first public appearance at a setting like a Kiss Expo that's going to be loaded with cameras and video, he was fine and comfortable appearing the way he did. But credit to the Kiss fans that were there that it was really a non-factor and really something that was not discussed at all, or not, I shouldn't say at all, but heavily. People were very warm and gracious to this guy, incredibly happy that he had been back and doing something. Again, this is a guy that he, he would later come back and write with Kiss on the Revenge album, another album that people consider to be one of the best Kiss records. So even though he really is only credited as, as an official member on one record, he has his fingerprints on three Kiss records Three very good Kiss records, two of which are considered classic records. So if you're a hardcore fan, that's why there's so much interest in this. And if you're a casual fan, there's so much interest in it because it's a guy that disappeared. And that's a hard thing to do, as you'll hear me talk to Vinny about in a few minutes. One last note about the interview you're about to hear. It's pretty clear uh, Vinny is being cool about everything and everybody, but for whatever reason, Mark Slaughter is the one guy that if he has issues with anyone, it seems he is still carrying some resentment and issues towards Mark Slaughter. As you will hear in the interview again, if I had time, I would have loved to have probed into this and figured out what exactly the problems are or were. But you have to understand from my position, I had a clock ticking and I had a promoter sitting an inch from my face saying, you got to wrap it up, you got to wrap it up. So I'm trying to hit as many nails as I can, but unfortunately I can't hit that nail one more time because it's going to eat up too, more, too much time. And Vinny was very, very thorough in his answers, especially in the public Q&As. So time was a major, major issue here. But I've known Mark Slaughter for a long time. He's a friend. I think he's a wonderful guy. Matter of fact, he does our theme music on the open of this podcast, as I've said many times. And I don't know what the you know what the grievances or issues are with him and Vinny. Maybe Mark doesn't even know at this point, but clearly, as you're about to hear, it's the one guy he really doesn't have a lot of regard for. So I hope you guys enjoy this. This entire interview, by the way, was filmed as well. It was shot with a real camera. And I've got to hopefully get that footage and post it at some point soon somewhere. So enjoy the interview coming up. Let me run down a few other things before we hit the interview. This coming Saturday, 
I'll be in Santa Ana, California, and I will be hosting a Ronnie Montrose Remembered show. That is at the Observatory around the NAM show. Come on down and join me if you're there on Saturday. Also, I'll be broadcasting live from the Cruise to the Edge, the Prague Cruise, and also Monsters of Rock Cruise, which I also host. Those will be taking place, of course, all my interviews on my radio show on Sirius XM, which you hear daily on Channel 106 Volume. Also coming up, just announced, I've got some shows in Tulsa that I will be hosting. Always fun to go back there. And the uh, the dates are both at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa. And let me give you those dates right now in the shows. And those dates and shows are Slaughter. Just mentioned Mark Slaughter, March 3rd at the IDL. And April 13th, L.A. Guns, also at the IDL Ballroom in Tulsa. Don't forget Rocklahoma, also in the Oklahoma-Tulsa area. Memorial Day weekend. More appearances coming up. If you're in Tampa, I'm going to be doing my SiriusXM show from a public location for a couple days live. Between, right after Cruise to the Edge, like the 8th and the 9th of February, please keep an eye on eddytrunk.com. All my appearances are on the homepage. I will post there the location. They will be public broadcasts. And, of course, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, where I would be the most active if you choose to only follow one. And also remember, if you're shopping on Amazon, be sure to always start your shopping at Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk and go on to the rest of the site from there. Amazon.com slash shop slash Eddie Trunk. All right, let's uh, come back in a second and you'll get it. The exclusive newsmaking interview that people have waited 22 years for. I'm so glad I was able to pull this off. Vinny Vincent. Who would ever thought I'd be saying that in 2018 on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast? The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, if you guys are looking to buy a car, you're probably familiar with terms like MSRP, and you might even know what it stands for. But what does it actually mean? The same goes for invoice, list price, and dealer price. It's enough to confuse anybody. All you're really looking for is a price that actually means something. Introducing true price from true car. Now you can know exactly what you'll pay for the car you want, including fees and accessories, before you even get to the dealership. True car dealers will show you the true price on cars like the one you want, all from the comfort of home. And how do you know if your true price is a great price? Because True Car shows you what other people paid for that same car you want. And your certified dealers know this. So they set their true price competitively so they can win your business. So when you're ready to buy a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Some features are not available in all states. Hey, it's Rob Riggle. And Sarah Tiana. And you are listening to Riggle's Pick. Yeah, and a ham horn, and uh, we have a new podcast. You can find our show exclusively on the Podcast One app on podcastonesports.com, and don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Every Thursday, we're going to sit around and we're going to talk about the things that really excite us, like life, comedy, sports, a lot of sports. Um, Ourselves. A lot of Sarah. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Kim Jong-un. <laughs> yeah. Uh, whatever. It's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you join us. 
This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. We're back. It's the Eddie Trunk Podcast. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we go to the Atlanta Kiss Expo last weekend. And as promised, the amount of time I had was minimal, but still a lot to sink into here. The first time he has been seen, the first time he has been heard of in 22 years, former Kiss guitarist Vinnie Vincent on this week's Eddie Trunk Podcast. It's a great honor, and I thank you, Vinny, for uh, giving me this interview and taking some time out before you get into the expo. It's great to see you. How are you? I'm doing great, and the honor is mine. Well, thank you so much for, for having me. I'm, uh, I'm thrilled to be here. Well, thank we you. were just talking off the air, and I was just saying how, obviously, in the 15, 20 minutes we have, not going to be able to get your full story out. But I guess where I'd like to start with the time that we do have is, why now? Why this event? Why here on the 19th day of January did you decide to reconnect with the world, so to speak, and come out and, and meet all these fans and do a radio interview with me and spend the weekend at this expo answering questions and taking photos? Why was this the right time? Uh, we have to thank Derek Christopher because he was relentless. Uh, he contacted Mark Nolan, my, my best friend and my attorney. I've known Mark for... Uh, decades mm-hmm. and we will we go back and uh this man right here Derek christopher uh spent eight months unrelenting you know ap- aggressiveness but nice you know mm-hmm. he was a really good guy and uh i read his emails i read everything that he had sent mark and then mark and i talked and he said this guy seems like a really good guy mm-hmm. and he was and uh when we first talked with Derek, I said, I really like him. If I'm going to do this, I want to do it with somebody I like, mm-hmm. you know, with somebody who cares. And my life uh, became small. I wanted it to, to become as small as I could be, you know. And I became very happy, very content, you know. Uh, I'm, all I do is I play, I write, I record, I take care of my my dogs you know i have a really private peaceful life now and i haven't had that in a long time and uh, uh a lot of fans know a lot of things uh but they also don't know a lot of things what's the biggest misconception in the last 20 years since you've spoken to people about you or things that you've heard that people <laughs> have said about you that have, you know you want to set the record straight on I'm sorry, Markson. Speak up. Speak up. I heard a speak up. Here. <laughs> uh, the misconception. The biggest. Yeah. I mean, there's the so biggest? there's been so, you know, there's been a million things out there about you. What what have you heard that you want to set the record straight on? As many things as I can. The record, you know, the record will be what we're going to get a chance to to talk. But to say this is this is like the, the book, I, I don't think it'll We've got enough time for that, but it's a story that uh, when it's ready to be told, you don't want to miss it. Are you going to write a book? We've had, uh, we've had two, two book publishers right now that uh, they've been very interested in, so we're, we're talking to them right now, and uh, it's a hell of a book. You don't <laughs> want to miss it. <laughs> I would think not. I read Kitty Kelly's uh, Frank, Sin- 
unauthorized biography of Frank Sinatra, and I'm not a reader, but I couldn't put that book down. Uh-huh. So this will top that book. If, if in, in all the time since people have heard from you, uh, even though nobody has seen you or talked to you until now, what have you been doing? Have you been playing? Have you been creating? Have you continued to write? Or did you also put music on the, on the side for a while? I spent 20 years <clears throat> in hell. And, uh, How so? Can you give us some of the broad strokes of what was... The broad so- strokes were very... Uh, they, they could have been not so broad. They could have been, you know, quickly uh, and really amicably uh, could have eliminated 20 years of pain. You know, but is it a lot of this centered around your issues with Kiss and your lawsuits and stuff? Some half, I'd say half and half. So I would say pertaining to to Kiss, these are my friends. You know, these are guys I I I love. I love them to this day. You know, I've got tremendous. Uh, I've got memories that are that are wonderful. You know, most of them are. Everything was great. Uh, there was a. You know, not always can you have a band and have a certain, I hate this word magic, but it, it, it is a magic. It's something that you can't put it into words. The Beatles had it. The Who have it. Zeppelin had it. You know, was, I always looked for that and never found it until, I've, until I met them. And, and, and it was just something that, this is the glue. This is the this is the ingredients that I've n- never found. It was like everything you put into a mix that blows up, you know, good and bad, you know. Well, that's what I was going to say. What percentage would you look at at your time with Kiss as being good versus bad? Because all good, all good, all good, all good. Even even on times when the I would be at the uh, show on the Lick It Up tour and I'd see Paul yelling at you for playing too much. It was still good. <laughs> all good. <laughs> yeah. All good. Okay. Yes. Wow. All good. You know, look, I was a newcomer, so uh, I appreciate that advice. Mm, Interesting. So you, in retrospect, looking back on it, thought that they were probably kind of in the ballpark on how they felt what you should be doing. Absolutely. It was a time of being a guitarist, and that's what I wanted to be, you know. That was my time. But working in context of what the band was i'd say that i give them uh credit for knowing more than me and the basis of your disagreements with them over suits and publishing and things like that is that just simply come down to percentages because you were credited on the material but does it come down to the nature of the deals that you made <sighs> boy or what this, you can this, and can't say about it what it, it was it was contractual all of the problems we had were contractual all I had asked for was to to be treated fair, you know. Not much more than that, you know. Publishing, publishing is like uh, owning your house, owning your car. If you don't own it, you're leasing it, you're renting it. And then there's people that think that they they want. To, if they sit in your car, you're taking them for a drive. At some point, they'll turn around and say, "Well, I want your pink slip." Well, why? You know, it, it's it's down to ownership of your property. Right. It's really simple. Right. It's right. not more difficult than that. So the people who say that that's not important, uh, 
are usually the ones that want your property. Why did you, I'm assuming it's by design that you really kind of, for lack of a better term, went off the grid. You know, people couldn't, I mean, I know, I'm sure people very close to you knew where you were and that you were okay and what you were doing, but it seemed very much by design. I mean, I know people that live in Tennessee and in the Nashville area that are musicians and it's such a huge musician community. And I would say to them, where, do you know where Vinnie Vincent is? Nobody knew or saw anything from you. That's not easy to do in the world we're in today with everyone with a camera and social media. Talk about how you did that and why you did that. I'm not on social media. I have no accounts. There's there's people that pretend to have a fake a Vinnie Vincent Twitter account, which is fake. So whoever you are out there that has that account, please delete it because you're, you know, you're doing a, a disservice to fans pretending to be Vinnie Vincent. So well, your your attorney Mark that's here, he can get on that too. Yeah, I mean, I've had I've had those instances there's, too. There's somebody that says uh, I'm pretended to be me, saying that I endorsed Bernie Sanders. I'm no, I have no social media, so I've never voiced any opinion. So that's a lie. It's strange that it's no offense, but it's strange that Bernie Sanders of all people would right going for the Vinnie Vincent vote of all people. Somebody sent me a picture of Michelle Obama with a sign. Where is Vinnie Vincent? <laughs> Talk talk about some of the crazy things you've seen over the years while you've been, because when, over these 20 years or so, were you kind of in, I imagine you being sort of like in your bunker, for lack of a better term, or your home and and isolated, but still kind of with the internet maybe saying, look at these crazy people out there, what they're saying. That's all I say to myself. (laughs) I'm staying in here. This is why I'm disconnecting. That's that's exactly why the design was written. Like, okay, out. You know, I'm not going near that stuff. It scares me. These people, you know, the stories are scary. I'm starting to think you're the guy that made all the sense here. All of us are crazy for living in this world. That's it. That's it. You guys are on the internet. I'm just like, give me Gomer Pyle. Again, you know, watch, watch the honeymooners. honeymooners the you know, give me Ralph, you know, something, something I could relate to. You know? So, but that's got it. That's not an easy thing to do. So, I mean, what, did you did you get to go out? I mean, there are people, myself included, that had called you for a while. The Howard Hughes of rock. That, that's how I felt. You know, I, I'm happy. That it was a happy, it's a happy design <laughs> to say, have fun, guys. You know. But you know, were you really, writing? Were you playing at all? Are you still I, creating? I play. I play about seven seven hours a day. Uh-huh. I take care of my my dogs. Right. You know, I write. I I record. You know, I'm I got I'm, I do everything I've always done. I just don't. I'm not out in the public doing it. You know. And now I, now you coming out and doing this today at this Kiss Expo and over the weekend you're going to meet a, a thousand fans. I met people. I was here last night. People come from Australia, all over the world to see you. I'm the, the, so honored. Is this is this going to be the first sort of step back into public life or are you going to use this as a springboard to maybe make music and get out and do things? I think if the if they want me back, I'll be back, you know. I'm I'm here. I mean, I've I've only left because the world has changed, you know. People, the internet has changed. People gotten very mean, you know. And and Mark and I talked, and I, I said, you know, I just don't feel that anymore, you know. I don't feel. I, I just want to have people leave and saying, you know, I had such a, a great time, you know. I just had it. It was really nice. I had a great time, you know. And and this this gives me a chance to to finally 
leave the past behind, you know, whatever was bad, and look forward to see, you know, whatever is there. And uh, I don't know. It was a strange of all things. Uh, a strange, it's probably one of the, the, the nicest things that's happened is I heard from, from one of my old friends, Gene. Gene Simmons contacted you. Yes, and I think I know. It's a story I want to share with you because I love Gene. We, we've, in, in the early days, he treated me so supportive, you know. And remember, where, where, they, where Kiss was at in the days was, here comes this, this, this kid, you know. I wanted to, uh, you know, I wanted to rule the world. And, you know, they have already ruled the world, you know. And I came and wanted to be as much help to this band as I could and bring whatever I could, you know, to them. And filling the shoes of a much, much loved original member. Oh, forget in, it. In he Ace. Was, everybody loved Ace. And you came into the band at an interesting thing, too, because, and I remember this, when you came into the band on the Creatures tour, they put out a press release that you really weren't in the band and filling in and that Ace was coming back, which in retrospect we all know was not the case. So you, you came in in a situation that was kind of difficult because you were the guy, but you really couldn't say you were the guy until the next record. It was, it, that's exactly what happened. I think there were some contractual issues that uh, I shouldn't speak for them because they know better than me. But I think there was some problems there. And everything else was, I'm here to be whatever I can for this band, you know. And I did feel with all my heart that this was everything I've ever wanted. You know, there was nothing I wanted more than that in my life. Nothing. And, uh... They had their choice, you know. There was there was people all over the world that that, you know, would have done anything, and so would I, so I would have too, you know. And uh, something happened when we began to write songs together, and uh, you know, for whatever unhappiness there was, uh, I think. It was meant to be. They're giving me a short time here. Oh, no. Ago, and the, yeah, oh. And I, but, but I, have, I have 10 more minutes, but Derek's giving me two. You sure? Give, give, give Ten? Me, how about five? Eight five. minutes? Five. Right. <laughs> five, please. Come on. I like talking. <laughs> we could talk for hours. I, I'm, I'm curious because you, 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 know, you said Gene contacted you. He and did. Gene, I thought it was brilliant, by the way, your response, because recently Gene said some not-so-nice things, and you said... A wonderful thing about him, I, the ultimate high road response. So did Gene contact you in, in response to that? This is what I believe happened. I, he's, he's not been really, you know, kind of over the years, but... Neither uh, has Paul. Paul has been less kind. <laughs> mean Mr. Mustard. Yeah. 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 Uh, but I love them. I love them both. I, I don't know why it's this continuous need to to say these things, but I won't, I won't say, I won't, I won't go there because, uh, because I think everything that had happened was very special. And I think fans know it. I think it was a great chapter in the band's career. Uh, I don't know. I can't speak for them. So why did Gene contact you? This is what I believe happened. Um, I believe that, uh, the timing of all of this, of what I'm about to tell you had a lot to do with this. Um, 
there I have an email address that I hadn't checked in about f- five years. I keep it going, but I haven't checked in about five so years. So there's a lot of spam. A lot, a lot of stuff in there. <laughs> and But it, it, it was a, an email I only used for certain things that were going on business-wise. And once that business was done, I never checked it anymore. So I don't know what it what caused me to do this some forces sometimes you know they they sure. compel you to yeah, do yeah. something you don't know why it's christmas night i said oh, i better be, i better check this email yeah i don't know just to see if it's still still there you know i pay for them but you know so i see three emails from from gene i says oh isn't that great you know how nice i wonder I wonder what I did wrong now. You know? <laughs> I wonder what he's yelling at me for now. So I figured, okay. So I'm looking at the dates of these emails, and they're from June and July. Now, this is Christmas night. I says, oh, that's, that's like six, seven years ago. You know, eight, nine years ago. So, no, it's about six, seven months ago. And I said, oh, wow. So I opened it up, and it had to do with the vault. And he's oh, put, he's corralling all these all, former members to help him sell the vault. So I'd he reached be, out to you. I'd be more than happy to help him. So we had written a lot of songs during the Revenge era. And, uh, oh, right. Uh, there's, I think there's one, one on there. One of my favorite songs, my own personal favorite songs, and it's called I Want to Live. And, uh, and it's on the vault? It's on the vault. So you go sue his ass for money. I'm just nah. kidding. <laughs> no. Nah, Mark, know, go get him, Mark. <laughs> nah, believe me. It's, it's, busting, yeah. he, was, he was a real, he, you know, he was the gene I, I love. Yeah, you know? yeah. Anyway, so this was June. He sent me another one two weeks later. He gets no answer from me, you know. And then, I, then he sends me another one in July, and there's no answer from Vinny, you know. Same, basically about the same thing. And uh, I said, I bet that's why he's mad at me, you know. So I read all three emails, and I said, I says, I love you, you know, I miss you, you know, come on back, come on home, you know. So, and then we started we started emailing again. He says, I'd like to have, I want to live on the vault. And uh, invited me to Nashville to receive it on stage and to see wow. meet each other again. And I think, I, and I said to him, "Listen, you said some 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 stuff about me." And I says, "Come on, you know we're past this." I says, "I said I I just want you to know I I still love you. I love you as I always will. You know we had a lot a lot of good things." And I said, "Let's let's move move on." You know, so. The vibe was, the email vibe was great. We haven't talked yet. So did this vault thing happen yet or no? Did it happen in what way? The, he's doing these public things, so he wanted you to come to April, that? Or? April. So will you do it? Uh, absolutely. I will show up for wow. him. Wow. Yes. Okay. Yes. Derek's telling me i got to end. I just got to ask you one last thing. Vinnie Vincent Invasion. Looking back on that period, and and those guys, of course, you know, Mark and Dana go on to do Slaughter and have their success there. You, Tell me, tell me your, your, your recollections about that band. And if you were to do music again and do a band and play live again, would it be similar to that? Would you do something like an invasion sort of concept? If I did, uh, the, the, I've got a, an expansive musical background. And part of that background was that, that genre, that, that style. 
Vinny Vincent Invasion, give me a specific question. And I think you did, but would you, you, I think you well, made well, well, two questions, really. I mean, looking back on that and making those records, do you feel strongly about them still? How do you feel? That oh, they... I feel very strongly about them. The second record should have never happened. Um, Rob should have stayed with the project because the, the, the basic sound of that record was like Page and Plant. It was Rob and me, you know, and uh, the, the records, that first record was, was pretty red hot, you know. It was my vision, Rob singing, everything was, was just right. Second band, uh, second version of it should have been aborted, should never have happened. I had the power, I should have taken it, should have done what a little bit, you know, I should have called the shots, which should have been stop this, revamp it, go back, let me get the people I need. The people that were involved in it at that time should not have been involved, but it, it was such a publicity machinery uh piece of you know it, it was like a like something that that a product and it, it was all just publicity 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 and hype the songs i felt were really good but i didn't feel the music came out to to be the the records weren't what i would have done i would have never settled on records like that when i say records the first one yes the second one no Okay, and, and, and that singer was uh, unbearable as far as I'm concerned. But those are the things that I feel strongly about. Go ahead. And, and Derek's going to kill me, but the last thing, because I know you've got to go, is just to tell the fans now, you're going to spend a weekend here. You're going to be asking questions all weekend. For you personally, you're going to feel this out and decide if this is going to be sort of a springboard into playing again. I think a lot of fans listening are like, hey, are we going to get a chance to see this guy play again? With any band, in any way. Do you want to go out and play music? I mean, it's a different world now than when you did it last. I mean, are you willing and able and wanting to go out there and perform? Absolutely, yes. I mean, this is what I do. I mean, I've not stopped doing this. I'm but just, publicly, getting on stages and touring publicly, and going out. I, if they, If the fans want me back, I can't wait. Well, I'll tell this you is what, what I've been waiting for anyway. Judging know? by the response and the people waiting for you on that other side of the wall, they want you back, man. There's a, this is a sold-out event. People are all here to see you. I'm so honored. I, I can't I'm tell you I'm grateful how. you've taken a few minutes here with me. I hope we can do – I'd love to do a full show with you. I'd love to dig so di- – A Million to One, one of my favorite songs ever. Which <laughs> That time of year is kind of a million to one in, in a certain way, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it's a million see, to I, one. I'm getting song. into deep geek stuff. We've got to cut this now. But anyway, Vinny. <laughs> we, we need to talk about music. I want to talk music so bad, man. Okay. I want to talk about Unholy and Heart of Chrome, and I, I just want to uh, forget about it. I've got it. more stories than you could but ever. He'll kill me. I've got stories that you, you <laughs> won't have enough time on your, your I shows. I got time. I got six shows a week. Come on, well, man. Let's do it. Set it up with Mark. Wait, I'll we'll, tell you what. I got a studio in Nashville. So if you're still in that area, we'll come to, I'll come to you. We'll do call it. Call this man right here. All right. Mark All right. and I will talk. My people will call your people. As I, That's, it. That's <laughs> it. Have a great weekend, hey. Vinny. Thank you so much for so the time. Much. It's great to see you, uh, everybody. Great to be here. Vinny Vincent, now go and see your public. And you got thousand people over there waiting for you to welcome you back to the world man i'm so, so honored thanks for having me and thank I, you i enjoyed this one i appreciate lot. you doing this thank okay. you so much everybody so glad we made it happen vinnie vincent everybody well my thanks to vinnie vincent like i said man i wish i had more time hopefully we'll be able to do something real in depth down the line again there is video of that entire interview hope to get my hands on that as well and post it when i can and i thank vinnie for his time and I thank all the great comments that I've gotten to that interview. also want to thank Vinny's attorney, Mark, and I also want to thank Derek Christopher for having me and facilitating 
making that interview happen as well. And again, all of the amazing fans I met in Atlanta at the Atlanta Kiss Expo. I had never been to Atlanta before. Great city, had a lot of fun. I actually went to see Black Label Society on Saturday night. It was uh, it was a great time. So thanks to everybody there. Thanks to Katie Irizarry. She's the producer of the Eddie Trunk Podcast. I'll see you guys next week, next Thursday, for another all-new episode, podcastone.com, and, of course, iTunes. Podcast One has new shows on our new app. Check out all the cool features to help you explore our exciting new programming, like America's Lakers podcast with Jay Moore, So Random with Corinne Olympios, Attack Each Day, the Harbaugh's podcast, Not Just Sports with Susie Schuster and Rich Eisen, and Sessions with Randy Jackson, as well as your old favorites like The Lady Gang, Steve Austin, Shaquille O'Neal, and Adam Carolla. Get the new Podcast One app in the App Store, Google Play, or PodcastOne.com. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.